Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hey, wrestling fans, this is Gary Michael Capetta, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer and the Stallion. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! We're back with another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. My name is The Enforcer, and this is my new gangsta lean. That's the stallion, and we are coming back to you with yet another edition of the show as we took off last week. Joe, uh, do you know why we took off last week? No, actually, I don't. I'm a piece of shit, is why. Uh, It's my fault. I was on a little bit of a hiatus. I don't know. What do they say? What do the kids say? Um, like the announcers when they're not there. I was on assignment last week. Hmm. That's what I was doing. You know what I was doing last week on my assignment? Did I tell you? I was procuring yet another interview this week, Joe. Do you want me to let the cat out of the bag now and tell everybody who it is? Or should I make them wait till the end of the show and then they find out? Um, I think it's really all up to you as far as when you want to jinx it. So if you'd rather jinx it right away, or if you want to wait till the end of the show, maybe keep keep listeners, uh, you know, maybe they'll fast forward to the end of the show. Uh, Dangling the carrot. If You know, I'm going to wait till the end of the show, yeah. and then I'll tell everybody who we're going to have on next week. I'll give you a teaser. She's been, she, half of the spoiler, mm. she's been involved in AEW, mm. Impact, and MLW as of late. I mean, could be a bunch of people. I don't know, but we'll tell you at the end of the show. Uh... This marks almost the dawn of 2020. I also want I want to give you homework. I didn't tell I didn't tell you're going to do this, but as we go into 2020, I want you to come up with a New Year's resolution for yourself. Do you think you could you could handle that? Are you talking to me or the viewers? No, no, you, oh, you, me. The, okay. uh, the stallion, yeah, you. Uh, I could come up with something, sure. All right. I want you to come up with a New Year's resolution by the end of this episode. By the end so of this the way, episode? Okay. By the end of the episode, because I want you to come up with it now, and then we have something to work on starting in December into 2020. Can you can you do that for me, Joe? I will I will think about it during the course of this show, and uh, hopefully have something by the end. 
Speaking of this show, man, it has been quite the uh, newsworthy week. I mean, whether you're talking about, you know what, it's been a lot of negative news, Joe. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Our friends over at the NWA recently dealt with uh, a certain tennis racket yielding racist. Uh, Our other friends over at Ring of Honor, well... What's all right? Let's play word association, Joe. When I say Ring of Honor, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Right now, yeah, or right now, concussions. Right now, Ring of Honor. What do you think? Concussions. I was gonna say dumpster fire, but I'll accept concussions. <laughs> so, speaking of concussions, let's hop right into it, man. The news this week Joey Mercury took to Twitter, um, and Kelly Klein took to Twitter, and BJ Whitmer took to Twitter, and you did a lot of research because you are uh, you are the Bob Cottle to my Gordon Soley. I have a drinking problem, and you, my friend, are a journalist. So what surprised you this week in regards to this whole Kelly Klein being fired from Ring of Honor via, was it email or text message? It was email, correct? I believe it was an email, yes. So Kelly Klein, dealing with a concussion from Ring of Honor, they don't handle the concussion properly. They take to email to fire her. Joe, tell me everything you learned this week. Um, Well, I guess without getting into all the super detail on the Joey Mercury texts, uh, excuse me, the tweets, and then um, the stuff that that Kelly Klein put out there. Essentially, the idea, I believe, was that she had sustained a concussion at a show earlier this, you know, maybe, I don't know, a few months back earlier this year. Um, She was then in a situation where, I guess it wasn't treated by... I don't know, medical staff or whatever at the time that it happened. She was having issues or, you know, concussion-related symptoms after that, like loss of memory and things like that, lack of focus, whatever the other symptoms may be. Um, she was slated to work uh, an overseas tour, I think, and, and maybe do a South Africa trip or whatever it was. And uh, anyway, I, I think it, it kind of dragged on for a little while. And she kind of came out with, you know, supporting some of Joey Mercury's claims about um, – some of the management in Ring of Honor. And, Greg Gillibrand, I believe his name is. Yeah. And the lack of... Sounds like a douche. The lack of uh, concussion protocol, which you know you see a lot of in the NFL and, and WWE. I know if they take head injuries very seriously. I guess Ring of Honor did not take significant action um, in terms of her injury. Um, she had been off for a little, a little bit of time, and she went public with it on Twitter. And shortly after that, the Ring of Honor executive, I think Greg Gilliland or whatever his name is, um, and Greg I, Douche, Greg Douche, and uh, and I guess in some capacity Joe Coff um, said that they were just going to not. Her contract was up at the end of the year, and they decided they were going to not pursue um, a new contract with her going to next year, and they were just going to let this contract run out, and then they would cut off ties with her at that point. Um, and I guess we can start to get into a little bit more of the, the specifics and, and the fallout from that. But she is uh, the current Women of Honor champion in ROH. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll say, and then I'll let you kind of uh, chime in with your opinions on it as well, is that the this turned into a bigger story 
not only on the internet kind of wrestling related sites, but a Newsweek article was written um, and published about a week or two, a week, week and a half ago, whatever it was, um, that cited this incident and a few other people from within Ring of Honor that um, were anonymous, uh, supporting a lot of these things and kind of talking about management. And they got into some of the stuff about you know the money and, and how Kelly Klein was interacting with management and things like that. So it turned into a bit of an ugly situation. At least Ring of Honor comes out of it looking pretty ugly, and now they're uh, down a Women of Honor champion as well. I have some opinions about this. Um, a, listen, it's 2019, 2020. You're dealing with concussions. Everybody knows the the Chris Benoit situation, the Junior Seau situation, and the list goes on and on. Um, how serious concussions are. You didn't just quote unquote get your bell rung like you did back in the day and take a couple plays off and then go back in there. It's not like that. Um, so to hear Ring of Honor dealt with this as poorly as they have. Is said. Um, Ring of Honor has been a, a, one of my favorite companies for quite some time, and they're not doing themselves any favors in any aspects. Um, I'm just going. Listen, I don't. It, it's unfair to say. I, I think Joe that you and I have all the specifics, right? Isn't that kind of a little unfair? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, ninety percent of what's out there is you know is from either you know her side or you know the non. ROH management side of things, right? There really has not been a lot put out there as far as like statements or stories or talking to people from Ring of Honor management. It's been a lot of the Kelly Klein, the Joey Mercury, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and Joey Mercury got fired, right? Or did he quit? I don't know exactly. Yeah, I mean, he. There was a point, I guess, during the summer where he and Ring of Honor split. Split, right? I don't. I don't know if it was that they sent him home type of thing, or if he had had enough and walked out. I guess it depends again on which side you you know you we want to listen to. Um, you know, from all accounts, is what was he's been saying, and then what Kelly Klein is supporting and backing him up is that that he was kind of a liaison in terms of communication with management and the wrestlers, whereas you know before power relations kind of guy, right? Uh, yeah, it sounded that way, and uh, there wasn't really somebody like that in place, or I guess somebody playing that role before he was doing it. So there was, I guess, again, according to what Kelly Klein and maybe some other unnamed individuals were reporting, um, saying that you know that was that was a an issue in, in Ring of Honor. So she was very grateful to Joey Mercury for the support and the advice that he was giving her uh, through this whole situation, um, and I guess at the end of it. He's not there anymore, and neither is she. So I don't know if there's going to be more stuff like this coming out uh, with different wrestlers. I know you uh, had referenced something with a few other folks the other day regarding uh, Marty Skrull and uh, Flip Gordon and maybe Matt Taven. So um, it's, it'll be interesting to see how much more stuff comes from you know the the Ring of Honor, whatever you want to call it. I guess under the underneath, you know, the underbelly of Ring of Honor. Um, if there are more things to tell. Yeah, um, so here's the thing. I'm not big on commenting or passing judgments on a situation unless I have all the facts, right? Because that's that's kind of like the internet is littered with people who do uh, cursing or no cursing. I forget. What are you doing? You already cursed earlier, so we're pretty much the floodgates are open. So. Okay, good. The internet is like littered with people who do shit like that all the time, right? Like you, you'll get one third of a story and then everybody will post their opinions on it and they'll, their opinions will be fact. Like for example – I love David Starr, the professional wrestler. Absolutely love him. 
he from he for him to weigh in on the situation and be like, well, from what I've heard, you literally just formed an opinion of yours based on complete hearsay. And in the legal system, you can't testify on hearsay. Like it's to me, it's I. If everything is as transparent as it is and it looks, Ring of Honor is 100% in the wrong. However, Ring of Honor has yet to come out and even defend themselves. They have yet to give out a formal statement, and we are where we are right now. I've never heard this about Ring of Honor previous to the Joey Mercury situation. Like, Have you heard – you know, you've been following wrestling for, you know, we've been following wrestling forever. Have you ever heard a negative thing about Ring of Honor previous to uh, Joey Mercury? The only thing I can remember in terms of stuff that happened somewhat recently. Taylor Hendricks? Uh, that, I, that's true. That was one thing. Was the, um, the one I was thinking of was the Bully Ray incident where the fan was heckling the, uh, the allure and, uh, I guess saying allegedly saying some inappropriate things, and then Bully Ray, I guess, took um, some action to, you know, either sit this guy down or cal- try to calm him down or whatever it was to kind of get him to stop doing what he was doing. That I think got a little negative publicity because, depending on the version again of that, that uh, people would would believe, some of it was kind of Bully Ray coming off like a jerk, um, you know, Ring of Honor maybe not handling the situation in the best way. Then I heard other stuff, I think it was actually from Mercury himself, that said, like, Bully Ray had to do that because there was nobody from ROH staff or security that was there to take care of the situation. So um, that's the only thing I could think of in the last year or two that was pretty bad in terms of you know publicity for Ring of Honor. That's fair. I still – I don't know Ring of Honor to be – like, for years, like, how many years have you heard horror stories about Impact Wrestling? And how nobody's getting paid, or even ECW towards the end when Paul Heyman was bouncing checks and he was out filming Rollerball and he wasn't paying the guys that were doing the job. Like that's not something you heard about Ring of Honor. So I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm willing to give Ring of Honor the benefit of the doubt. But if you want, you know, I'm calling. I'm not calling anybody's integrity into question. But if you look at the track records of the people there, B.J. Whitmer, one of the guys that was uh, very, he was. Uh, vocal in the situation. I think he's married to Kelly Klein or they're dating. I'm not sure whatever it might be. BJ Whitmer is no longer with the company, right? Mm-hmm. Joey Mercury hasn't exactly had the the cleanest breaks with other companies or he's had there, there's been some problems in his career, personal problems um, that are very well documented too. So and as far as Kelly Klein, I, I I don't know what she's like to deal with. I don't know if there was anything going on there. But it's funny because when you look at the people in Ring of Honor, like everybody there is tenured for a long time. The Briscoe brothers have been there since the beginning. Jay Lethal's been there for six years, seven years. Matt Taven's been there, you know, seven, six, seven years. Um, the new people that just came in and signed uh, – they just signed uh, Roosh last year. They um, they just signed uh, Bandito. These guys, Hot Sauce, Haskins. It's there's something I feel like that there there are pieces of this puzzle that are missing, you know. And is this something where Kelly Klein was using this to as a power play for, you know, uh, to maybe not hold people, not holding them hostage because she's the champion, but. Was this like a, you know, a situation where she's like, I'm the champion, 
I deserve more money. I'm going to use this as a negotiation tactic. I, I don't know. We don't know everything that's going on. But if, if it is as clear as day as everything sees right now, Ring of Honor needs to regroup because they they I feel like if they can't get this corrected and soon, you know, house number the numbers in Ring of Honor house shows uh, well not house shows but the shows are down, the gates are down, viewership is down. They have there's like 200 300 people in in uh, not MSG in Hammerstein Ballroom. It's it's a bad time for Ring of Honor, and it's unfortunate because you and I commented on it. We were watching uh, NXT the other night. Look at w- the stars. Just look at the stars you have in NXT alone. You have Kyle O'Reilly. You have Bobby Fish. You have Adam Cole. You have Keith Lee. You have Donovan Dijak. You have Tommaso Ciampa. Six of your main stars on NXT, which I'm sure I'm forgetting and many of them, came from Ring of Honor. You look at your main card. You have Sami Zayn. You have Kevin Owens. You have Seth Rollins. You have Daniel Bryan. Uh, I, I I don't even know who else I'm missing, but that's the tradition that Ring of Honor had of just legitimate workers, legitimate professional wrestlers. And Ring of Honor was ahead of its time in providing a professional wrestling outlet for these guys. Now, you know, you don't have to work in Ring of Honor to get that experience. Now you could work in Evolve. You could work in Beyond Wrestling. You could work at PWG and things like that that kind of took after the Ring of Honor mindset of professional wrestling first. So it's so sad as a fan of the company to see where they are now. Um, I feel like when WWE poached the entire uh, – oh, Roderick Strong, sorry. Uh, the entire Undisputed Era. And then when the Young Bucks and Cody left to form AEW, Ring of Honor was left in the dust. And um, the text messages that I had sent you or screen caps of text messages, I'm not going to – I. I guess maybe Joey Mercury posted them, but it was conversations between this guy Greg and somebody else with Flip Gordon begging them to put the title on Marty Skrull. And Flip Gordon wondering why they're running these huge 1,200, 1,500, 2,000 seat arenas when they can only draw three or 400 people. So if you have, and then Greg coming back at Flip and saying, you know, Flip, instead of saying, uh, why are we running these houses? You should be asking yourself, why aren't we filling these houses? Like that kind of, you know, unrest in, it, dude, it sounds like 2014 Impact Wrestling, right? This sounds like when Impact Wrestling was circling the drain and they were bringing in like Del Rio for a shot here and uh, what's his name? Austin Aries was putting his crotch in Christy Hemi's face. Like it was the inmates running the asylum. People weren't getting paid. The houses were down. The shows weren't good. And, I mean, listen, kudos to Impact Wrestling because they were able to turn it around. I hope Ring of Honor is able to do the same thing. But as of right now, man, it's it's not uh, it's not looking good. No, I, I mean, I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time talking about the salaries and, and things of that nature and money and whatever. But the one thing I guess that's just a little confusing, and it's been confusing to me about Ring of Honor for a little while, but especially now that the that Newsweek article highlighted the salaries – at least of what Kelly Klein was making, which is $20,000 a year. Um, She asked for a $4,000 raise to $24,000 annually, and and it sounded like ROH slash Sinclair would not do it. Um, Meanwhile, Sinclair Broadcasting just purchased all the regional sports networks of Fox. So that's another outlet for them to put Ring of Honor on TV. 
but they won't spend $4,000 on Kelly Klein. So I don't know if they really valued her. And I want to think that they did, at least from a booking perspective, because they she's a three-time Women of Honor champion. The division's been built around her at least for the last year. And they wouldn't spend that money on her. Let me so. ask you uh, I don't mean to cut you off. Is Ke- uh, Kelly Klein a draw? Uh, no, I don't think she's a draw. I mean, is anybody really a draw? I mean, who anymore? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know who in Ring of Honor would be draws right now that like you would say a legitimate draw that would sell out a building uh, or potentially be a reason to sell sell out a building. So, yeah, I I I I got nothing. Not yeah for Ring of Honor. I I can't say right. I mean, actually, Roosh Roosh is probably the closest they have. I guess, yeah. I mean, I think when the, when the Young Bucks were there, like, you could legitimately say that they were guys that were selling tickets, right? Like, people were going to shows to see the Young Bucks wrestle on Ring of Honor cards. Um, and to your point earlier, you know, when they left, along with Cody and uh, some other guys to go form AEW, I think a lot of that drawing power left. And, and I like I like Marty Skrull a lot, and I like the Briscoes a lot, but you know, those are probably the guys, and, and Jay Lethal, right? Those are probably the guys I would say... You know, when I go to Ring of Honor shows, those are the guys I'm probably buying tickets to go see legitimately. Um, but I don't know that they're such major draws that you can say that they would sell out a building. And and I think that's in the, the proof in that is, like you said, when we were at Hammerstein the last time for an ROH show, it didn't sell out Hammerstein. And that's probably the first time in a while that they hadn't done that. Uh, so that's a, that's a, they were in a bad spot. And now this, these, you know, this story coming out and some more stuff leaking out is only only going to hurt them more so they need to do something to uh turn the uh turn things around and get people you know some more positive um some more positive energy going with their company right now because it's not a good not a good situation and sometimes when you know there is negative press uh in order to turn things around you have to make some uh some quick decisions our friends over at the national wrestling alliance Ran into some serious negativity last week as Jim Cornette. Uh, I, I don't want to go into the quote that he said. We're not going to go there. It, it's funny. I'm not going to. Uh, it was. I, I can't even think about the quote offhand. But um, two weeks before that, and you can attest to this, I texted you and I was like, listen, I'm just watching uh, NWA. Do you think it's bad that Jim Cornette said. Uh, wrestler X, Pearl Harbor, wrestler Y, and he said it twice. And I'm, and you know, when I watch like um, Survivor Series '87 or something like that, Gorilla Monsoon says it. That's 32 years ago. It's a different. It, it's a different time. When you hear Jim Cornette say something like that in 2019, part of me is like, he, no, I don't, I don't think that's okay to to do now and. I said, I feel like it's just a matter of time before he says something. Well, Joe, uh, it was 14 days was the amount of time before he said something that uh, could literally got himself fired or released, whatever he said. So Jim Cornette makes a reference to um, Ethiopians, um, fried chicken, yada, yada, whatever he says. And immediately after he says it, the internet blows up, right? Like every, like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, like it, it, it is like – wildfire like this is everywhere there are screen caps of it we were talking about it in our group chat what 
when you first heard it, you and I, like, we... How can I... I want to be as ver- as politically correct as possible. Um, oh, God. No, no, this isn't, this isn't going to be bad. Oh. You and I are a little bit older hmm. than the offended generation. Is that fair? I guess. I, I don't know... Um... We don't specifically what the what folks were, or you know where all that. I, I saw one guy screen cap basically say like he was not going to watch NWA Power anymore, and then the clip I think was was in there, and then I guess it kind of grew from there. Did it offend you? It, it was definitely something he shouldn't have said, and I know that he. You know they, you know again, everyone who I don't know how people find all this stuff, but they, you know, there was they found a clip I think from like an old episode of Raw or something where he said the same thing, but I guess that was like 15, 20 years, five years ago, whatever it was. Um, so I guess it's not the first time that he said it, but yeah, it's just it's not uh, it's not something you should say at all, um, you know, on any program, and you would think that. You know, I know he's a guy that's been around a long time, and he's been in the business a long time, but times change, and people change, and you know the business changes, right? So you have to know better than to say anything that could potentially even somewhat be perceived as offensive to any people of cult- whatever culture it is, religion, you know, race, um, whatever it might be, gender, so... You just you can't take risks like that um, and, and say something like that. And I guess the the worst not worst part, the second part of it that's also bad is that it's a tape show, and it got through you know whatever editing and stuff that the NWA does to you know, produce their show and send it up, put it up on YouTube every week, and uh, it still made it to air before you know it didn't get edited out um, until it, like you said it, the internet blew up. They took it down for a period of time. Um, I think they muted out or, or removed the offensive remark that Cornette made and then put the show back up. Uh, I'm going to be honest, and a lot of people may not like this. I don't get offended very easily about things. You know, like, uh, I, don't, I don't take offense to things when I see them come off meant in a non-offensive manner. While this was a joke that was in poor taste, I wasn't... You know, and should he have done it? No, but it wasn't. I wasn't like flabbergasted. Oh my god, I couldn't believe he said that. Then I did some research, and I found a racist rant that Cornette went on about nine minutes on YouTube. I guess it was from the mid '90s, late '90s. To which I guess I don't know if it was a convention or there was no video, just audio, and it was of Jim Cornette regaling stories of him being a manager and getting heat to, I guess it was fans. You couldn't really hear. All you heard was Jim Cornette telling the story. And he told a story, and I'm not going to use the same language he uh, he used in the story, of course, but he was saying how he was at a sh- um, he was the managing for a show, and one of the security guards got in his way, and he was trying to tell the security guard it was part of the event, and the security guard wasn't letting him uh, do his spot and one of the other wrestlers came and they were like, Jim, you want me, what do you want me to do? And Jim said, I want you to get this oh God, blanking oh no. blank don't. out of here. Words you should not say. Oh. And then Jim says, and I saw it got him mad. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to get heat. 
So I kept calling him that because it was getting reaction out of him. And now something like that that's been on the internet for what seems like years, that to me is far more egregious because that comes from a place of malice. That comes from a place of of what seems like legitimate hatred. And if you follow Jim Cornette on any kind of social media, you could tell the dude is like, and if like he if he, whether he lives the gimmick or he is the gimmick or something like that. So the fact that that was out there to me is far more offensive than this joke he made. But now you see this is what he really believes. This is the joke. Now you see that joke might actually come from a place of of uh, bigotry and hatred, and it just makes everything you know even worse. There's nothing that Jim Cornette can, that can can say right now. He can't be like, "Oh, I, I was just making a joke, trying to make it funny." Well, then explain this ridiculous racist rant that you went on. You weren't making a joke. You you know it's you were making a joke to an extent, but this is what what if you know like what you actually feel deep down. And to me, there's as much as I did enjoy some of him on commentary because it was you know it was almost like a throwback to the Bobby Heenan and stuff like that. I mean, listen, when you're watching Bobby Heenan and gorilla in the 92 world rumble some of the stuff he says about tito santana that doesn't age that well either i mean you listen to uh jesse ventura in the late 80s some of that commentary it doesn't age well but it's different times like you said that was 30 35 years ago they're not saying it today jim Cornette's a guy that's from kentucky down south stuck in the past that's the way he feels there is no place for this dude in professional wrestling today, he went. He's gone at guys like Kenny Omega. He's gone at the Young Bucks. He's gone at I don't even know who else he's got. Joey Ryan, of course, uh, David Starr. He's gone at uh, Sammy Callahan. It, it, it's just it's unfortunate that the NWA has to deal with his backlash. But like you said, it was a tape show. Somebody heard that and they thought it was okay to play it. I. I it's tough, man. It's a tough spot. I hope it doesn't hurt the NWA in the long run because I really do enjoy their product. Um, and I, I, I want to keep enjoying their product. But I, I think separating – Jim Cornette is you know, synonymous with the NWA. That's the way it is. That's the way history is. But it doesn't always have to be that way. So let Jim Cornette be synonymous with the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express in 1986 and not in 2019 when you're doing such a great job of building this new brand from the ground up. There's plenty of room for new guys in there, and I think that that's that's the direction they're heading. Yeah, and I guess just to, to tie a bow on on the end of it, so you know, after all the controversy was rampant last week, um, it took like a day or maybe two, and um, you know, the the news came out that Cornette had you know resigned from the NWA. So I don't know if that was just a situation where they told him, "Yeah, listen, you'll just say that you resigned to save a little face, and uh, you know, whatever," and and that's it. Um, I have not watched, I know it's Tuesday night when we're doing this now, so they had a new episode that came out. I don't know, uh, I, I don't want to assume anything, so I don't know if he, they still had taped shows in the can of him on commentary and he's still going to be on the show or if they are looking to fix that. Uh, I know for feature shows, obviously, since he's no longer there, they'll have to have a different commentary team with their pay-per-view coming up in December. So, um... Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's an unfortunate thing. You know, the NWA that you know when they came out with power, there was a, a lot of great feedback for it in terms of the throwback and 
uh, the way they presented the show and some of the stories and wrestlers, whatever it was. And uh, it, this kind of killed, this kind of hurt some of their momentum, I guess, or what, whatever traction they had gained. Um, it put a little bit of a negative, you know, light on the NWA. So I'm hoping, like you said, that they can uh, correct that, you know, move on from it, um, and they continue to put on, you know, what what for the most part is a pretty entertaining, you know, little show that they have, like less than an hour every week, um, and and continue to be successful because we like a lot of the people that are on that show. You know, we've had Nick Aldis on the show, we've had Thunder Rosa on the show, we've had Allison Kay on the show, we've had other people I'm probably forgetting um, <clears throat> that are very entertaining pieces of that show every week so it would be really cool if they can kind of you know bounce back from this and, and keep moving forward and in, in a positive direction i think they will um i think getting rid of cornet was the first step understanding that's you know what going forward you have to make these changes and changes are made and we'll you know focus making a mistake is okay not learning from the mistake is not okay uh, i think they have learned from the mistake and i'm looking forward to, I, i'm going to support their show going forward if these mistakes are made again, then that's you know that's going to be a different story. But I don't see that happening. I see uh, I see Billy Corgan being a guy that's really in touch with the people. He's really in touch with society. He knows um, in the entertainment business and whatnot. And I wish him nothing but the best of luck in their uh, future endeavors. I didn't future endeavor them, but I just really wish them the best of luck. That being said, Joe, it's uh, what is it? December uh, November twenty sixth. The last week doesn't have to be a match from the last week. Give me your match of the week that you've seen. Um, oh, that's a good one. Um, I guess just in terms of what I've seen the last week, you know what? I really liked the John Moxley Darby Allen match from AEW last Wednesday. Um, I was trying to think of something from Takeover and Survivor Series, but a lot of that stuff blended together for me. Not that there weren't good matches because there were, but the uh, the Moxley Darby Allen match from Dynamite last Wednesday would probably be the best match of the week for me. How about you? That's fair. Um, that's one that stuck out to me too. But I literally just watched it an hour ago. I watched it this week. It's not from this week, but what? No, that's what I said, man. It's it's what you watch this week. Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard, Starcade 85, I quit match. I've been on my, I went Survivor Series 87 to 92, and now I'm going Starcade 83 to about 89 in honor of Thanksgiving. And man, oh man, you want to talk about a feud? Two guys, they, oh, that, that I quit match was a, just a, a fight in a cage between two guys that really hated each other, and I love everything about the year 1985. So for me, it was Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA. I quit match, man. What a, whew, that was a good one, man. I think it set the standard, and it's going to give people something to watch for. Speaking of something to watch for, let's say the next couple of weeks, Joe. Next week, what are you, what are you looking for? What match sticks out to you that you're excited for the next week? Um, you know, again, I, I don't want to jump, you know, put all my, my weight behind the AEW, uh, bandwagon. That's not really who I am. I like to, uh, I like to enjoy all aspects of wrestling equally, but they do have a show on Wednesday night. Um, obviously they have dynamite every Wednesday, but this, uh, this week it happens to fall on the Thanksgiving Eve, which is a uh, pretty cool deal. I'm going to give you two. Um, so this Wednesday they're doing... 
Kenny Omega versus Pac, in addition to some other things, which I'm really looking forward to on uh, Dynamite on Wednesday. And then on Thanksgiving itself, uh, live on YouTube, or somehow airing on YouTube, they're do- MLW is doing a match with um, one of the Von Erich brothers. I'm not sure which one it is because I think it's changed. Uh, between Marshall and Ross Von Erich against uh, Jacob Fatu. So I'm looking just looking forward to wrestling on Thanksgiving Eve and Thanksgiving itself. So those I would say those two things are matches that I'm looking forward to this this week. That's awesome, man. It's like the old days, you know. Looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving Day, Starcade, Survivor Series kind of deal. Um, you already went AEW heavy, so I'm going to go anti AEW. I'm going to tell you MLW next week. That's technically, I'm going to say next week. It is Mance Warner, Jimmy Havoc, and a Prince of Darkness match. Joe, I don't know what a Prince of Darkness match is. Do you know what the stipulations are? I I saw a release uh, go out about it, and I have not read the whole thing. But I do know that there are supposed to be um, hoods. Like, like dark hood. So I'm not sure if it's a blindfold match of some sort um, where they're going to be blindfolded and that's where the Prince of Darkness things comes from. Oh, but, okay. Um, it's, that's, that's what I remember reading. So I, it's going to be something of that sort and I'm sure that there will be a lot of blood, weapons, death, and violence. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, yeah. It's, it's going to be graphic. So that, that's, yes. Yeah, so I, that's what I would expect in, the, in that match so far. I'll have to go out and really read through the the match description well you might want to wear long sleeves buddy because we're going to be there hmm. spoiler the all night long wrestling podcast is going to be attending their first ever mlw show the opera cup joe next th- uh, week from tomorrow we'll be there live and uh we want to give a shout out to our buddy swift who hooked us up with the tickets um it is just going to give people a real quick rundown of what the show is going to look like. We said Mance Warner versus Jimmy Havoc in a Prince of Darkness match. And then we have the Opera Cup, a one-night tournament. Here are your opening matches. Davy Boy Smith versus Shinjiro Otani. Alexander Hammerstone versus MJF. Timothy Thatcher versus Richard Holiday. And Brian Pillman Jr. versus TJP. They are going to do um, a little round robin with the winner being uh, announced that night. And uh, Strong Hearts versus the Contra unit of Jacob Fatu, Akiro Kwan, and Simon Gotch. Man, let me tell you something. For our first ever MLW card, I'm looking forward to it, dude. I mean, they, also they mentioned that the Von Eric's going to be there, as well as Filthy Tom Lawler, Selena De La Renta, and also our guest next week, Alicia Atu. She's been everywhere. She's been AEW. MLW, Impact Wrestling. She's got all the best interviews on her YouTube channel. You are clearly upset that I even mentioned this. Are you not? No, I'm just, you know, I'm just taking it all in. That's really, that's it, man. No, it's always, it always works out well for us whenever we announce guests are coming on the show. So I know that there will not be any sort of scheduling conflicts or issues with Alicia coming on the show next week. So, I'm definitely looking forward to it. That's a shoot. Um, so I think it's going to be um, a lot of fun. You know, next Thursday at MLW, uh, at Melrose Ballroom, like you're saying, it's her first MLW show as well. So she just recently signed on with them. It's going to be her first night. 
uh, working as part of the broadcast team. So, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing seeing her there along with the other great action and, and uh, looking forward to, you know, hopefully talking with her next week. We will. We'll speak there Monday at noon. Noon Eastern, actually. As a matter of fact, 1201, no later now. We really appreciate Alicia coming on our show on Monday. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll find – maybe we'll – find ourselves working with MLW as well. They need Northeast representation. What better than the Stallion and the Enforcer and the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, baby? Yeah. Are you bringing your resume? I, I think that would only hurt our chances of, of, of getting any, procuring any sort of employment with a wrestling company. So, uh, no, I'm not going to bring my resume. I'm not going to mention my name. Um, I might put a hood on my own face. And just uh, see if that'll help. That'll help us get, uh, you know, some inroads. But, uh, you know. Can we bring pictures of Buster, Chance, and Hunter? Uh, well, yeah. They're on my, I have them on my phone. So they go with me everywhere that I go. So Eight by tens. We should hand out eight by tens of the dogs. <laughs> That's That's true. <laughs> that actually would probably do very well. All autographed. That's such a good idea. Well, listen, if you want more good ideas, follow us everywhere on social media at all night long WP, Facebook.com slash all night long WP, YouTube.com slash all night long wrestling podcast. Another episode is in the books. We will check back next week with our new guest, Alicia Atu. <laughs> For the Stallion, I am the Enforcer, and we are tapping out.